0: For the... Oh my gosh. <laughs> <We're> just...
1: <laughs> <We're> just... <laughs> Dude, that water bottle couldn't have made more noise
2: right there. Just like... I'm just like, I'm going to do it. Smaller uh, smaller it.
1: <laughs> we'd like our listeners to know that we were laughing for 20
2: minutes before we even started recording
0: oh this. Oh my podcast. gosh,
1: this is
2: going to be a mess. Welcome back to the Armor of Light podcast. My name is Brady, and I'm joined as always by James and Jared. Today, we'll be talking about authentic friendship and Christian community, why we need it in our lives, how to find it, and what it's not. Gentlemen, what is authentic Christian friendship to you?
1: That's a very interesting question. When we decided to do this topic, I was trying to kind of come up with a definition of what authentic friendship is, and it was really hard to come up with a definition. I ended up just describing and like naming friends that I was that I would consider are my authentic friends. And that was the only way I could kind of define what it is. So then I had to kind of backtrack and figure out well what it what do all these friends have in common? And one of the things I think we all have in I have in common with these friends that I have with both of you two right here, <laughs> which is why I can't keep a I straight was, I face i was going to say I was
2: going to say, was, was it difficult a <laughs> different up with a def- definition off of a blank sheet of paper uh, now nah, he's just of a Blank sheet of paper. (laughs) He's just naming Jared
0: and James and Brady. He's just like, oh, you know, friends. Those are friends.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was just saying like the things that all of my authentic friends have in common. Gosh, Jared, I can't look at you without laughing. (laughs) Is that we call each other higher and we all have a shared sense of who we want to be. And we know we aren't who we are who we should be right now so that's something that I think needs to be included in a definition of what authentic friendship is I think it's like that group that's pushing you to be better
0: than you are while also like like asking you to help them to strive to be like I think a lot of it like is centered around accountability and it's like it can and they could this could be accountability in like any kind of way like It could be from, like, your roommate, like, telling you to, like, pick up your clothes or something like that. Or it could be, like, like someone just cutting a joke with you and, like, saying, like, oh, yeah, this is a little thing that that you're doing that needs to be, like, improved. So, you know, like, you just joke around with someone and eventually that turns into something, like, better,
1: you know, like, if you just keep poking fun at it. I think you're hitting something that I wanted to talk about, which is that peer pressure can be good, which is what a lot of my, I rely on a lot of my close friends to like pressure me to do the things that I know I want to do, but I don't always feel motivated to do them. So finding that external motivation, knowing that my friends are relying on me.
2: So in my, uh, me trying to be pithy, right. I came up with the three aspects of friendship that I think Uh, define authentic friendship. And I would say that's er, aspiration, inspiration, and perspiration. (laughs) So aspiration would include kind of like what you were saying before. It's like we see in our friends, uh, in our good friends, Christ himself. We see in them the virtues that we want to become better in. We see what makes them strong and virtuous and holy. And we aspire to be that which is already in them that emulates christ then inspiration would be like that accountability kind of thing like our friends encourage us and inspire us to be greater for our own good so we become christ ourselves and then perspiration it takes work i think the natural state of any relationship especially a christian oriented relationship or an authentic relationship is to, um, the natural order of relationships are towards chaos, disrespect, uh, apathy, like the devil works hard to make sure that we are not wholly authentic friends. So it takes work, it takes some sweat to do the things that we need to do, to make sure that we are loyal, to make sure that we are putting in the work to take care of our friends, and so that they can we can aspire to become what's in them and they can inspire for us to become more full what we are in ourselves and how do you think starting out a friendship like that happens
1: because obviously it can't happen overnight you can't meet somebody right away and then automatically you're you create an authentic friendship with them it has to take time but you have to pick and choose who you want to invest your time into because you can't be fortunately you can't be friends with everybody, we can't be genuine, authentic friends with everybody, which is something that I think is very difficult, at least for myself to kind of grasp, cause I want to be friends with everybody. There's just, it's not possible for me to do that. And it's incredibly humbling to limit yourself to the amount of authentic friendships that you can have. Um, because I think that constant desire for popularity kind of plays out in the amount of the number of friends that we want to have as opposed to the quality of friends that we have
2: i would say to how to how to find them or where to find them Mm -hmm. environment would play a huge role you know if you're making friends just like in class it might be a gamble whether or not it's going to be an authentic friendship or whether you're both going to like put in the work but if you make friends At your student center, or your like your Catholic student center, your Newman Center, or at church, that you'll probably there's no guarantee, but it's more I would say it's more likely that you're gonna find the kind of friendships that we're talking about. Um. Yeah, I think that like,
0: so my best like experience with friendships and like my knowledge is stemming entirely from just experiences I've had. Um, I know when I started out my my sophomore year of college I met with four different guys and that was who I was going to be rooming with and initially I didn't know what I was going to like what to think about like how this was going to go because um like we had just gone into covid and so like when I was spending that time after we had decided to make that to sign that lease and everything like this was the time when I was going to be getting to know the, these people like throughout that spring semester and that semester never came so like I was going into it with two guys I kind of knew because they were just down the block from me in my dorm and then two guys I didn't know at all. And so like I was going into it really concerned, but on day one, they all came in and they were like, all right, I, I think what we want to do is pray in a rosary every morning at 8 a.m. And uh, much to the demise of one of my roommates – I was kind of reluctant sometimes to to do the eight a.m. rosary, but like, I I ended up finding just such the value into it. Um, despite my my rejection at times when a certain roommate, if you are listening, I apologize. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like it was just a, it was a good time, and that I think was what started it off as, like, these are something, these are friendships that are different than things that I'd had throughout, like, high school. Like, those guys who were kind of the utilitarian friend who we'd spend time together just for the sake of not being alone. These guys, they were focused on striving to be better and striving to make me better. And so I, like, in turn, it just felt like I want to invest in these guys and I want to make this into something good. So I think that that like coming from that stance, I think that that's like where you're what you were getting at earlier with um, just like being intentional and putting in the work. They were putting in the work from minute one. And I think that that's like huge, especially if you're trying to distinguish this relation, these relationships that you're building to the ones that maybe you had before or the ones that you could be in currently like if you decide that you want to take it to that next that next step with your whether you know like you're in high school college wherever you're at like challenge them to be a to to join you in something maybe like go do some sort of service project with your local knights chapter or do something along those lines and you'll start to see which of those friends are really invested in you and which of those friends are just using you to not feel alone.
1: Yeah. Cause I, <clears throat> I think having a shared set of values is crucial to, um, cultivating an authentic friendship, but I don't think that's enough. I think you have to have some, some sense of shared, um, interests or hobbies or cause particularly for men, we bond over doing things. We can't just sit down, Well, like what we're doing right now is very unnatural. I think for men to do, we're just sitting down having a discussion. We're not doing anything with our hands. We're not playing a sport. So I think having some sort of activity I have found that kind of ignites the friendship and then later on you realize, Oh wait, we share a lot of these same values and finding like the needle in the haystack, finding that friend that has the same values as you same goals and the same interests, that is, that's a blessing to find someone like that.
0: Yeah. And you know, I'll say it like some of the best friends, some of the best conversations I have are like over a game of catch or, or having a cigar or something like that. You're right. It's always having something kind of just like to have, to be doing with your hands, I guess, while you're having deeper conversations with like authentic friends.
2: Yeah. One thing I think we touched on earlier is the – or and then you guys are talking about now – the quality of different friendships. How might we classify, like, the quality of certain friendships, and those that we should be looking to improve and those that we should
1: – Yeah, so I think one classification of friendship, Jerry, you touched on it earlier, is the utility. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just kind of – and not even necessarily using each other. But you don't share a lot of the same values outside of some sort of shared activity that you do together. So I would say maybe that could be a coworker that could be someone you play on a sports team with, but you don't really bond religiously or, um, any, anything deeper than just that surface level. We do these activities and I don't think those are necessarily bad relationships. You need to have friends. In your workplace, in your classroom, on the sports field, but you have to recognize that this is a friendship of, like I said, utility might be not not the right word because you're not using, I guess you are using each other, but I guess any sort of friendship, you are in an extent using each other.
0: I'd say that it's more of an, an acquaintanceship in this example, like, um, I think that that would be where I make a distinction with like utilitarian friends being like ones that you kind of like share, um you kind of share like some stuff that isn't similar, but like this would be more like that high school phase where um, people decide to like, these are going to be your friends until a better offer comes along. That would be what I'd consider more of the utilitarian friendship. And I think that there's a, something to distinguish between that and like, like a coworker relationship where you're you're going in every day, each of you with the goal of trying to make each other's work day better, or like in a group project at school, like you're going in to try to um, each do your part to make a good project. I think that the, those are yes, very important, and I think that's where I'd make the the. I'd have, I'd say there's a difference between the two of them. Um, And I, I, I like what you're talking about more with that acquaintanceship though, too, is that those are very essential to when you're working, when you're doing these kinds of projects, it's, it's vital to be able to do it with people you enjoy doing stuff with. And it's vital to be able to look beyond like personal differences or anything like that and still be able to do good work with these guys. And I think that from working together, it can develop into an authentic friendship. It's just where you're at in that present state more than likely is more of an acquaintanceship. Okay.
1: Yeah, and piggybacking off of that, I think that's, at least in my mind, uh, the pandemic was so devastating socially is because those acquaintance um, friendships were practically non-existent. I think it was easier to maintain an authentic friendship with somebody that you're very close with when you're stuck at home alone, but it's those mundane everyday interactions that you interactions you have at the water cooler or people that you just see walking down the street. Um, You might not know their name. You might know him as the guy that sits in the corner or the person that sits next to me in class, but those interactions aren't unnecessary.
0: Yeah. And And I'd say like, those interactions are often what lead to deeper friendships like i can say uh, touching on what you said like the the water cooler discussions kind of thing like i started working at a golf course towards the beginning of covid and um the more and more that they were starting to come out with it with more like like oh it's gonna be really bad oh it's gonna be um you know like everyone needs to lock down when they were starting to come out with these predictions and stuff like that, you'd get done with your your mowing job and you'd go to talk with the people around you and it was like they would try to avoid you, essentially. And so, like, it was partly that that made me, like, I didn't really stick with that job throughout the the summer. But, um, like... It was during that time also when I was making when I was starting those acquaintances with people at the local the college church. Like I was able to spend a lot of time because I'd made time in my my class schedule to be able to spend time here. Um, and throughout the first part of the semester, we were like playing cards every week. We were doing all kinds of different activities. We, we even went sledding. Like it like there was tons of good stuff that we were doing. And Brady, I think that's when I met you initially. Is oh like, yeah. Cause it was when you were like in that that testing the water phase of coming back, which was really cool. Cause I was like, this guy seems awesome. Like, <laughs> and so I think I met you maybe once or twice right before that happened, and then we went into COVID. And it, you're right. Like during that time, you weren't able to like be in those like kinds of relationships and meet with those kind of people, and it wasn't like you weren't able to grow those things into something deeper during that time. And I think it kind of just put us all back a little bit.
2: Yeah. So how I might ask next you, Jared talked about, talked about how you and your roommates developed like an intentional friendship. Um, but then we also have these other friends that maybe we only see every once in a while or at work or at school. So how much does this like repeated interaction or, Maybe we'll call it intimacy in some way. Like if you're roommates with someone, you, you're you there all the time. Like you see each other all the time. Or even in high school, like I, I grew up in a small high school, so you saw the same people every day, 180 days <laughs> in a mm-hmm. school semester, right? Like you, it, it didn't really, you didn't really have to work that hard to maintain that kind of acquaintanceship. Uh, maybe you had to work hard to become friends beyond that, but I saw the same people every day. But in college, that's not the case. And, and certainly with people who I don't live with, uh, that's not the case. So, how do we, how much does, yeah, like intimacy play in friendship?
1: Yeah. Well, I see, I think I see you two almost every day, and I'm trying to figure out why I do that to myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can you please repeat your question? <laughs> so, like, I live in uh, an intentional community um with me and my roommates there's nine of us Mm -hmm. living in the same house so it can get wild and crazy at some points but um this was a a kind of of a house that i was brought into last year and now it's something that i kind of i'm you know like i lead i'm one of the older guys and so we make we make rules and and sort of norms on like how we want to treat each other so we we do morning prayer uh every wednesday we uh, do like a saint of the week. We do a fast together. We do, we cook for each other. Um, and so that level of friendship would not be present if we didn't live together. So how do, how much does that actually play in our friendship? Like, would we still be the, that level of friendship if we didn't live together? Like, is it just circumstance that I'm good friends with these people that I live with, or? See, I think I I'd... I'd agree that there
0: is relevance to being with them like every day. I think that that's how I've grown in a good relationship with both, with all my roommates. But I also say that there was, there's ways to grow into that relationship outside of like being mm-hmm. roommates and I think that that's through like intentional like prayer groups that aren't just like meeting for a Bible study because that's very important obviously. But I think like being able to um, work towards something like as a group and working to strive to get to somewhere like one of the biggest examples I've I've had of this is Exodus 90 like some good friends of, of mine and I got to do that freshman year and I wouldn't have probably ever talked to a lot of these people but because we did this this thing together where we were striving to push each other to do something and be better people be better men I think that that had a big difference on it. And I was like, it goes back to like, I think what, um, like the importance of like a sports team, you know, like when you're playing sports in high school, it can, a lot of times depending on like the way you're coached and depending on like the culture of your school, like it can go from these people you never talked to to the people like you didn't get along with during the day all that goes out the window and your guys' goal is to get a championship, get the next win. So like I'd say it's similar in that because like it's a way that you can push beyond just the normal everyday tasks and you're all striving to do one good thing and you need each other to get there. Um, Yeah. And I guess that just like those conversations, those deeper conversations that you get to have in those intentional groups is
1: um, vital. Yeah. And I would say, practically speaking, it is a lot more difficult when you're not living with somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way to get around that or to sugarcoat that, but Jared, like you mentioned with Exodus 90, I have never done Exodus 90. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you meet like once a week with, you didn't necessarily live with everybody that you did Exodus 90 with, but you still grew really close to them because you had a set schedule of when you guys were going to meet. And I think practically speaking, you need to like schedule a Bible study with people, schedule something to do with people. Because if it is, if you are only friends with them by circumstance, as soon as your circumstances change, that friendship might change. But it's up to you to make sure that that friendship doesn't change. Your circumstances will inevitably change. So creating that sort of maybe not a schedule, but some sort of um, common activity that you always do together, I think is necessary for some sort of consistency. See, and, and I really like that
0: idea of like the schedule, um, just because like one important thing of it, like that that we learned in Exodus is being intentional with that time. So like you would set that time in your week and then you would block everything around it. So you wouldn't be like, coming into it, like, or, like, going into it, knowing that you've got something next, like, this was what you blocked your time out for, and you blocked around it, and I think that there's something really important about that, because it makes, it forces you to be intentional, and I think this is something we touched on last week, where you're just, um, you know, in a, in today's world, and especially with electronics the way that we are, like, we, I find myself all the time just being, getting lost in all the different things that I, like need to be doing in one moment that i'm not present in what i'm doing in that moment like 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 what i said in class i'm sitting there opening up tabs like trying to figure out my budget i'm trying to to work with like this make a schedule um maybe schedule a car repair Uh, like there's all these different things that i like i start thinking about and all of a sudden i've missed four slides of (laughs) notes so like it's important to be intentional in that time. And I think that that's really what that aspect helped get us to, like being able to block that in our schedule. And I think that that is important to the other guys in the group too, to know that they can
2: depend on you to be there. I think, I think what we've, what we said um, what you touched on about like the, the natural pull away from relationship or the natural distractions that we have. And then James, you talked about uh, a weekly or a recurring um, reconvening of the people involved and like why you're doing it. That all really reminds me of like the idea of covenant. Uh, um, so like the mass is a covenant with, with God and the, one of the reasons that we do that is to once a week we all come back together and recommit ourselves to the source of our relationship so by consuming the eucharist we share in communion with each other and also like intellectually we recommit to like oh this is why we are here this is what we're doing this is why we're a family so i'm interested i wonder if that's kind of like baked into the cake of human beings whether that we resonate with the the form the format of covenants because like uh, in the Old Testament, there's Passover, and that was, what was it, once a year, Yeah, I think. So they, I mean, they had a covenant, they had a meaning behind it, but they still, it wasn't just like, oh yeah, that's a date in history, but it's a now current thing that once a year they come back together, and not only in remembrance of it, but a recommit, recommitting of it. So I don't find it, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that proper authentic friendships sort of operate in the same way.
1: Yeah. And we kind of touched on this in our last episode is don't, um, overestimate yourself. You need structure. And without that structure, that friendship is going to fall apart. Mm. Without that structure, that covenant doesn't really mean anything to us. If we don't think about it in the Catholic faith once every Sunday, I mean, ideally you should be thinking about it all the time, but without that structure, Jared, like you said, the world is going to pull you in all sorts of different directions, especially as students. We're hopping from jobs to classes, to meetings. It's difficult for us to find a time to sit down and record this podcast. But once we're here, we're always super glad that we're doing it. And we bond together really well. When we set time aside, turn off our phones, turn isolate ourselves from the world around us and just be present with our friends. I think that's something that you need to do and don't think that it can happen naturally. Sometimes you have to force it into your schedule.
0: Yeah, not to get too much into that full house kind of moment like but like <laughs> I think that um I think that like growing being able to set aside that time and like the the work that we've done over the summer to like organize and do this I think has helped us grow in friendship too. And I think that that's, um, you know, something that I, a great like basis of stuff, knowledge to touch on, like what, what were your guys' thought processes going into it? And like, how have we like learned about each other going into this and throughout this process?
1: Yeah. So I wouldn't have agreed to do this podcast if I didn't like you guys in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, when we were discussing to do this podcast, um, I don't know if we've talked about why or when we decided to do this podcast, but this came about. We were all at a retreat together, and we were having lunch at this retreat, and we decided, "What if we just started a podcast?" And we we're like, "Sure, why not?" I feel we'll like that, that's a rite of <laughs> that's a rite of passage for someone to become a man is to start a ret- <laughs> to start a podcast in college. So we started it, and like. Yeah, Jerry, like you said, we've grown closer through that perspiration that Brady touched on earlier. This Starting this podcast was not easy. It was incredibly frustrating. Um, we weren't sure if we were actually going to get it off the ground. <laughs> Brady and I were about to throw our computers <laughs> against the wall. Um, but we bonded through that experience. And I think that that perspiration is what has brought us closer together more than anything else that we've done.
0: See, and I think that that had that elements of aspiration and inspiration, too, because we all had that the goal of wanting to get this out there because we all believed in the message that we were all discussing at that table, and I think we all believed in the importance of getting, like, those kind of ideas to people who can, can hear them. I think that that was a huge part of what motivated us to do this. And like we fought, we we felt that through our friendship and what we've known about each other and all the different aspects that we can bring to the table, it could be something that could create value in that way, you know? So yeah, I, I'd say that it, it touches on all
1: of them. Like you said. Yeah. And we wanted to start this podcast because three of us have found so much joy in what we were talking about at the retreat which was authentic love and we thought the world isn't was in desperate need of that message and our love of that message just was we couldn't contain it which is why we wanted to start this podcast to share it with others which i think is kind of ties me into another direction that i want to move this conversation is with friendship a lot of times when you have a close group of friends um you kind of guard those friends you don't want other people to penetrate the walls and become as close to one of your friends as you might think you are um but that's an that's kind of the opposite of what friendship should be it should be an overflowing of love i don't know if you guys have had that same experience but it's kind of jealousy when i don't know i guess i I'd say yeah like yeah. I'd say that's
0: one of the elements of the broken world that we live in, that um, a lot of us, I mean, personally for me, I, there was a lot of people who were those utilitarian friends for me in high school where it was, oh yeah, we can, we'll go ahead and do this and like plan on everything. I'll get ready to get out there, go. And all of a sudden plans change. Someone else found something better to do. So like, you know, I think that there is that element of the broken world that it it keeps you, like, wondering and getting protective of those things. But, again, once you're, you know, maturing because of age and just, like, getting into those better relationships, you're able to see, like, okay, I see what's cool about Brady, and, like, I will advertise Brady to the world. Like, if you go around, and if Brady went around and, like, like talked to people to – the rest of campus like if they saw him smiling and just like joyful <laughs> happy brady i think we'd have a lot more people in this camp like, at this uh, campus minister this camp campus church and i think that there'd be a lot more people like not glued into their phones and not like constantly seeking those other ways of joy
2: mm-hmm. like or false joy I think I... Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I actually resonate a lot with the... uh, (laughs) With, like, the jealousy thing that you mentioned, James. Because... So... There's only so many hours in a day, right? And I would much rather have very deep intentional relationships with a few people than surface-level acquaintanceships with several people. So I think... And I I can think of very specific times when I have been like, maybe a little rude sometimes, but like very guarded of my time when it's in, uh, when it's, when it's going to be spent otherwise with friends. So, and that's not, I don't think that's because I'm guarding the friends from other people. It's that I want to protect my ability to love them in an appropriate manner. So like- I was in a I was in a group last year, and it was a very small intentional group, um, and we had uh, basically someone else come into this group, and I was like, because mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there was three people in the group, and we added another, and I was like, okay, you just cut my ability to love these other two people in, in half, yeah. right, or a third, or however the math works out, and so it, it took me a while to get on board with this this new person in the group. Not because I didn't love them, but because it was taking away my ability to love the other people. I don't know. That yeah. might be so. No, no. But... I totally
1: get that. And I'm going to geek out for a second. But I'm currently reading The Paradiso, um, which is the third part. Er. Of the, <laughs> the <Uncommon. laughs> and there's a really interesting part. Yes, I call these people my friends.
0: Clip that. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a very interesting part. and in, um, They're in heaven and as more souls are entering heaven everybody is friends together and they're rejoicing as more and more souls enter into that friendship because the love is multiplying it's not being divided mm. which i when you were talking about that i'm like dang that's in our fallen world i feel like there's a fixed pie of the amount of love that can go around but it doesn't have to be that way it can be like each person, you can form a special relationship with that person. It might not be as deep or as authentic as one of your super close-knit friends. But I think viewing love as kind of a fixed, something that can only be divided, can't be multiplied, I think is an incorrect way of looking at it. I am guilty of this just as much as anybody else. And I don't know the correct solution because like you said, there are 24 hours in a day. And we are very limited as humans um, to to multiply that love to the best of our abilities. See, and I,
0: th- I like to, like, in that discussion of, like, the pie and um, the certain amount of love that you can give, I kind of like to focus more on the um, more Bible school-oriented analogy of fill my cup and let it overflow. Because, you know, like... Have you ever seen one of those like um, like a bartender will stack a bunch of champagne glasses and like dump it on top mm. and then it'll just like fill the ones around it? I think that that's a, a way of seeing like our relationships with friends. And like even if you're not, like you could have like a glass that's a gallon and then you could have a glass that's just like a shot glass for lack of a better term for it. And you could have so you have like these different things just because you're dripping some into the shot glass doesn't mean you're not drinking like dropping more into the gallon glass and it doesn't mean that you're losing anything either because it's constantly flowing from the top so I think that like just because you're just because you're putting like a little bit into these like acquaintanceships and um, into your acquaintances versus your like friends it doesn't remove any of the value that you're putting into those acquaintances and it's not like removing any of the value that you're putting into those friendships either and it's not taking away anything either i guess this is just from my personal perspective is more of a social guy like i like to even if i don't know you very well i want to still like warm greet you with that that smile like i maybe i want to be a friendly person to you because i think that that's a good way to Pick someone up in a bad day. So, even if I'm not like your deepest friend, I want to try to act as a friend to you to be able to lift your spirits in some sort of way to be able to bring that joy out to the world again. Like, and there's a lot of times when I need help doing that. So, I go to my deeper friends to like say, Hey, I'm really struggling. Like, I am like. <laughs> I'm putting everyone down. I am cracking jokes that should not be cracked. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, you have a filter on what jokes you crack? Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's what I think this little Can not imagine what is. gets uh, <laughs> yeah. what gets denied. <laughs> this I'm little terrified. pop filter here, I think does that does a trick for me. Um. <laughs> but yeah, just like some like I find myself just like putting people down and it's like that's not going to that doesn't do anyone any good because you're just like draining from their cup and you're draining from your own.
2: Yeah, yeah. so I think there is a difference between... So I do feel very called out with the uh, the d- the dividing of the pie mindset versus the multiplying. Like, that makes a lot of sense. And honestly, I think like, looking back, I think the reason I was so stuck in that divide the pie mindset was because that was a group to fill my cup up. That was like the close friends i would go to when i'm just i'm empty and i need to be poured into because i think of other situations where my cup is full oh you want to come play games boom i don't care if it's a six-player game we're (laughs) gonna get seven people in this you know like oh i just we're going to lunch and you just showed up come on you're coming to lunch too like i feel like in those situations doing the virtuous and inviting and pleasant thing is, is is fun and easy or at least I'm at a point where it's fun and easy for me. But in those times where my cup is empty, that's when I am get like, okay, no more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, right. I need this time. So maybe there is, because we're in a broken world and because we have limited capacity, maybe there is different friendships that require like, I don't, I don't want to say borders or guards, but maybe just special attention and protection.
0: Well, I'd say even biblically, like, Jesus had his, like, millions of disciples, or I guess not millions, essentially, but like, he had, he had all those people who followed him around, like, Galilee, and then he had his 12 apostles who he singled out, and even among them, he had his three that he really preferred, James um, and the sons of Zebedee. What is it? James, and, uh, John, John, and, and Peter. Peter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, dang it. Well, I, I said James event. first. <laughs> I meant Peter. Um, gosh, the, I, the Catholic in me is, <laughs> is just frying right now. So, yeah, so he had Peter as his, his main man. Everyone's got their main man. And then, you know, there's the branches where John and James, very important to Christ as well, but they weren't to lead his church, apparently. That's what God chose. So it was good. And so like, but then there was the 12. And then from there were the rest of them. And Jesus loved and did great things for the rest of them. And when Jesus wanted to just give these love to these certain guys that he needed to give love to, he had those guys. And I think God gives us those guys as well. The people that he needs us and he needs us to be able to like fill each other up and get each
1: other to that point. And I think he also gives us those people to fill. Yeah, I really like um, using Jesus in this discussion because John was called the disciple whom Jesus loved, which is really interesting because he didn't not love the other 11 or the thousands of people that were following him. So what the heck does that, does that really mean? <laughs> And I think when God became man, he wanted to show us what it truly meant to live life as a human. He is like the ultimate, the ultimate goal. And he showed us, you need a close knit group of people. And even among that close knit group of people, you can only be super close with three, maybe even one, which is why John is singled out time and time again, as the one whom Jesus loved but well, it doesn't mean he loved anybody less i think he just loved them differently i think that's very difficult for us to wrap our minds around because our view of love is very perverted and there has to be a one size fits all because we want the quick easy fix yeah but- and
0: i think that like the way that jesus loved john made him feel unique in that love that he gave him too like he called him he was the beloved because of the way that Jesus probably made him like uniquely was a friend to him in the ways that other people couldn't be. And so John saw that and he's like, man, this guy loves me. Like he wants the best for me. He's willing my own good. And that's something that makes me feel beloved. So I know for sure. And when I'm writing, when he's probably writing his gospel, he's like, I know for sure that I'm beloved by this guy because of the unique friendship that he gave to me. And that's not to say that he didn't have the unique friendship with the rest of them either, and especially with Peter. Like, But John wouldn't know about their perspectives. He just knew that from what he knew, he was the beloved. Not just the beloved,
2: but a beloved, I guess you could say. Yeah, that that's quite the goal—to be so confident and so assured in <laughs> God's love for you that you refer to yourself as the one whom God, like the one whom He loved. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm there yet. <laughs> but well, I would I, say if, I would say if we're to apply Jesus' model of friendship and relationship to the average person today, this probably relates to a stage of life that we're not one of or any of us are actually in yet, because. I would think for the average person, their main their main guy, like their John or their Peter, would be their spouse. Like that is your person. That's your friend who gets like number one priority. Mm-hmm. And maybe before them, even like the, the zeroth friend is, is God, like your relationship with God. Yeah. But apart from, apart from that, it would be your spouse and then you have your family, um, either your own children or your parents and extended family and stuff like that. And then beyond that, you would have your, your friends and those that you live life with. So even in the average person, we see a hierarchy of relationships that should be prioritized and given special attention to.
1: Yeah. And I think it is because uh, we're all college students here. None of us are married, so we don't have that uh, set structure. I keep going back to that word because we need some sort of guidance and um, In marriage, obviously you have one, you should have one close friend, your spouse, forming authentic friendships. There isn't necessarily a set number of authentic friends that you should have. And sometimes that can be frustrating because it's up to you to make that decision, and I think that that leads to a lot of confusion. So do you guys have any advice for other college students who want to grow closer and build authentic friendships and they're not necessarily sure how to go about doing this because everything that we set up to this point makes sense to us but it might be completely foreign to somebody who only has those utilitarian friends or acquaintances and doesn't have a deep um, connection with anybody i'd say first step is
0: look at the people who are investing in you even when you're maybe even if it's someone that you're like ignoring and like wouldn't think anything of definitely look at the people who are investing in you and like look also at the the people that you see as like people who are striving towards the goals that you want like one of the things that I really drew me to grow close with one of my roommates was the way that he when he said something he was doing it and like as a kid growing up, like I never kind of had that, like, if I want to do it, I'm gonna do it and then follow through with it. Like I've always been kind of like, oh, these that would be cool to do someday, maybe.
1: And that's how it stopped. <laughs> yeah. And one, so
0: like, one day becomes never. One, yeah, well, one day never comes. <laughs> There's many days. Um, that was a bad joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I made it through the filter. <laughs> and so um but yeah like I saw that he did what he wanted to do and that was the kind of person I wanted to be and so I started investing more time into him getting to know what made him click like that and I you know I learned a lot about who he was and he learned a lot about who I was and we clicked over things I never thought I'd get into you know like we'd stare we uh I had my first cigar with him <laughs> and that was a good time. And I was like, you know, it's not something I'm going to get into like hardcore, but it's like something that I can do with him. And it's something that I can, a way I can spend time with this friend, especially intentionally. And so I think when I started that, it was like focusing on what I saw in him, noticing that he was investing in me, even in the slightest ways he was in, like very much investing in me. And then through like, just getting to know each other on a deeper level, it becomes. Um, I guess I, I, my mind is on the math, math right now. So like the graph that goes like, you know, instead of just like a straight flat, you know, slope. <laughs> yes, I'm sure our yeah. listeners uh, understand. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> the I zoop. think it's the it, it, it's like the line formula that probably has an exponent in it, and so it's just like zooming up, yeah. you know, as yeah, yeah. as it, as, it yeah. as x grows, it's going up. Yep. And um, so, yeah, so, you know, picture your friendships and they'll eventually get to that, to your ex having an exponent and it'll shoot up, <laughs> you know, but it's, again, it, it, how much you invest into it.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I would say, I would say the first step is separate the wheat from the chaff, like get rid of the deadwood. Um, and what I mean by that is it may be difficult to identify which People are have the best have your best interests at heart, but it's very easy to identify who does not. Mm-hmm. Like if someone's just using you, if someone is um, taking and taking and not giving in return, like you're not obligated to pour yourself into them. You're you're obligated to love them. You're obligated to be charitable. But if they're not going to have their best interest, your best interest at heart, um, cut them out, <laughs> you know, like, um, and obviously use good judgment and prudence when doing that, but like, you're not responsible to keep people who are going to drag you down in your life. So get them out of the picture. They're not good for you. you. You you can do better. And then you can, and then you can see like, okay, of who's left, you know, who who do I want to pour into? Like, who, who do I feel called to? um, inspire to be better. And who do I see that I aspire to be and who do I want to put in the work with? Um, that's how you can start to grow your, your network of authentic friends.
1: Okay. Yeah. I I really like what both of you said. And if I could just add my own two cents, actually it'll be five cents with inflation. But, (laughs) but I think try to find people that you enjoy spending time with. Uh, so much to the point where you kind of lose track of time when you're with them. I think that's...
2: <laughs> you mean like a 50-minute podcast? I think like a 50-minute
1: <laughs> like podcast. But I think that's almost a kind of a glimpse of heaven that when we lose track of time, we're obviously doing something with somebody that we really enjoy being with. And I'm not saying you lose track of time because you're drunk at a bar and all of a sudden it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And... That- that's a different type, type of unconscious
0: losing your time. <laughs> right. right, there's a lot of things you're missing. <laughs> it's not just that exactly. you're having.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. But whatever you're doing, whatever you're talking about, is so engaging that you actually lose track of time. Uh, we, I've, I think we've all experienced this. Uh, last semester, towards the end of the year, we got together with a bunch of buddies. We uh, late at night, we were smoking cigars. like to call it stogies with the homies The (laughs) trademark is pending (laughs) but we all completely lost track of time it was midnight before we even knew it it was like four hours it was like four hours and when we were leaving all of us were saying how the heck did that happen how the heck did we just spend four hours talking about very deep very deep discussions but when we were done we all said that was awesome we got to do that again I think that is how you start to find those friends is when you're with them, you kind of lose that track of time and you want to spend more time with them in the future. Yeah. And
0: I'd say like, so there was a time when similar to what you're talk- talking about, like I went up and um, there was like a bunch of us that were in a small group freshman year that went up to Minnesota because it was in between It was essentially like everyone had had an internship like somewhat following uh, the interstate and so like all the way up to this you know Minnesota we were just like between here and there so we all decided to meet up and go to a campsite and we spent a couple days together and I'm not a big disc golfer, but, like, I was, I had so much fun, like, again, losing track of time, like, playing disc golf with these guys. Lost a disc, too. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't that I lost the disc, either. I literally putted from the disc and just left it there. <laughs> so, I am a little salty, if you can't tell. <laughs> so, but, uh, not to get too sidetracked, it was then, like, spending time, like, the whole time, I was like, we were going to go fishing, right? And... Cause we were at a lake and the lake was only five feet deep so there wasn't going to be a lot of fishing to do but then i got like so lost in all the other things that we were doing like having campfires um having deep discussions about the faith pitching tents sleeping out in the tent making fun of the people who slept in the camper um <laughs> chasing raccoons that was fun because they were trying to steal our like they were like four inches behind us like literally from uh Well, I guess you guys can't see this because we're not on video, but from James, just take my word for it because that's a podcast where you're just listening to words. So take my word for it, James, and like the distance from James and I, I'm sitting at a a chair around a fire and there's a picnic table right there and this little buggers eating my chips and I'm like, are you kidding me? Son of a gun. Yeah. So uh, it turned into another fun activity where you lost track time. You're chasing the raccoons.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful thought. When you have those kinds of friendship, it's like the where and the what and the when just goes away, and it's the who. You know, it's it's who you're spending time with, and it is right. You just like time flies when you're when you're having fun um, with good people. Yeah, and I think like
0: even like those guys going back to kind of what we were saying earlier, like a lot of those guys are people that I will like it'll click. As soon as I see him again, we'll just be talking. We'll have a great time. Uh, But they're not essentially people that I'm like talking to every day. They're people I'm probably going to be checking in with every once in a while, but like people that I'm not exactly invested in every day, but they still have a lot of meaning to me. And I feel like maybe I have a good amount of meaning to them too. You know, Like I know that our relationship is still strong and it's in a strong enough place where it doesn't need to be us depending on each other. But we have that, that friendship where we know that we have other friends, but we get along and we, we enjoy each other's company too. So like, I think that there is a good way to balance it and we're not, we don't have to like, I feel like there's a way that we often feel like we have to be everyone's best friend and you're not going to do that. So, you just got to stop and appreciate that. Like you can be a really good friend with this person and you're not going to have to be putting as much time into it and that's okay. But also like take the time to invest in the friendships that are close to you, especially like where you're at and where you're at in your, your career, stuff like that because you're going to need to, you're going to need every, single aspect of friendship. You're going to need your pint glasses. You're going to need your shot glasses and you're going to need your gallons.
1: Yeah. I don't really have anything else to add to that. (laughs) That was, that was really good, but I really like how we've kind of to sum all this up. We all agreed that there are different types of friendships and they all require a different type of love almost. And I think, that's up to you to figure out what type of friendship this is, what type of friendship you want it to be. And don't expect yourself to overnight have a deep, authentic friendship with somebody um, as soon as you met them.
0: See, and I've got two more questions that I'd like to ask you guys. The first one is what, when is it, I think we maybe touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but what is it when you need to, like, What in times when you guys have said, like, these are relationships that are not healthy for me, they're not healthy for my faith, and I don't, like, I need to cut it off or slim it down significantly. What were the signs and what led you to make that hard decision and ultimately do make the hard decision?
1: Yeah, so for me, um, an example that kind of comes to mind is one time I was hanging out with a friend that I had been friends with for quite a while. And we were just hanging out at a bar together uh, that night. And as I was driving home, I was thinking to myself, why am I still friends with this person? We don't share any of the same values. We don't share any of the same goals of what we want our lives to look like in the future. Why do we still want to hang out with each other? And yes, I think uh, we definitely always had fun when we were together, but... That friendship that I thought was an authentic friendship, I realized was actually more of a utility friendship. And I was spending too much time trying to invest into a friendship that was no longer a deeper one. So to kind of, I didn't cut that person out of my life entirely. Just the next time he had invited me to go to the bars with him, I said, I just said no. And then that kind of led to the the dying out of that relationship so that I could focus on other more meaningful relationships. I didn't just tell him we're no longer friends. It just kind of happened naturally because I didn't want to hang out and do the activities
2: with him that he wanted to do. I think another good way to figure out who is and is not your friends is when you start bettering your life, when you start following the steps that you need to follow in order to come closer to God to, you know, tighten it up a little bit. Those friendships will naturally, I think, fall away because when they are just using you or when they're simply relying on you for this like passive pleasure and they see you putting in the work to becoming a better person, they're probably gonna lose interest themselves. So even if it's not you making an objective like assessment of a friendship. If you're on the right path, those who either don't want to be or are not for you, like they're going to lose interest and they're just going to they're just going to fall off the path. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it
1: kind of starts with you not settling for friend friendships because I think a lot of times we settle for the friendships that we know are not good for us, but we're terrified of being alone. So we want to Mm. just be with somebody that prevents us from being alone. So I think that that
0: kind of plays into the idea of staying within your comfort zone and not challenging yourself to get out of it. When you get and settle in comfort zones, you're not allowing yourself to grow in the maturity and the faith. So when you're taking those steps out, when you're getting uncomfortable and you're doing more to progress in that way. And you start to see those friendships fade out. I really like what you're talking about in that. Um, that, And it kind of coincides with what Brady was talking about, how they just kind of naturally end. So, yeah. So that last question I had for you, and maybe this is a, a topic for another time, but like, how do we... Navigate our friendships in a day of digital online social networking
2: I would say as a general rule Facebook friends or friends on snapchat or instagram or whatever are not real friends like They can be social media can be a supplement but I honestly don't think that the benefits of that supplement outweigh the costs because if you are someone who's engaged in social media I mean everyone is but it it, at a certain point if you have all the apps and you're checking them daily like that's detracting from your ability to connect with people more than it is providing connections so I would say drop the phone and talk to your friends (laughs)
1: Start a podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's. although sending memes to each other is a great way of <laughs> solidifying friendships, I don't think that, that can't be it. There has to be some real-world interaction. Yeah. And just because you have 500 friends on Facebook, do you ever talk to any of them in person? I'd say most of the time, the more friends you have on Facebook, the less friends you have in real life. Because like you said, you're not focused on the present. You're focused on making sure your next post will get more likes. And if you're constantly focused on what, because face, uh, social media friends are all about how you want to perceive yourself to the world, how you want this image that you want to create, but the friends that you actually get to know in real life without the filter of social media, actually know you for for who you are nobody online knows you for who you truly are so you can't actually be friends with them yeah and it does
0: really reduce friendship or relationships in general to increasing your number of likes and increasing that what you're measuring your friendship with you know like oh are you really my friend if you didn't like my post (laughs) you know like And I think that that kind of goes opposite of what we talked about earlier with we lose track of the measure of time when we're, you know, the significance of the passage of time, you know, as uh, one great philosopher once was talking about endlessly. Um, But like, you know, like when we were in those times, you lose track of like what you're measuring. You're not measuring your friendship and, Sitting and thinking to yourself in those moments, like, man, am I a good friend with this guy? Like, you know, like you're actually just enjoying it, and you're lost in the moment. You're not sitting and worrying about whether they you're you're getting liked or whether your your numbers are increasing or anything like that. You're you know that things are just good, and you can trust that everyone around you is in that kind of
1: same boat yeah and if we think friendship is built on those ideas of aspiration inspiration and perspiration there is no perspiration from a facebook friend you guys don't actually do anything difficult together so i think that is a crucial part of actually building an authentic friendship is doing difficult things together and you can only do that when you sit down um, with a friend in real life without a phone yeah and
0: not just doing like difficult things for the sake of it, like the goals, like achieving a goal that is unachievable on your own. And um, so I guess what, yeah, the inspiration, aspiration, perspiration. um, And then of course, if you want to include social media into that dynamic,
2: supplement with memes. (laughs) 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 Well, with that being said, Thank you both, uh, James and Jared, for a wonderful discussion yet again. Um, Thank you all for listening to another episode of Armor of Light. Please follow us on wherever you are listening to this. Um, And please send us an email if you have any questions or comments about the show. We would love to start uh, doing mailbag segments in the future. So in the description, uh, either of the episode or of the show, You'll find our email address. Please send us your questions, uh, comments, or ideas for episodes, and we would love to engage, uh, engage with you through that.